What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Dew Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the final four is not on the schedule. He is Rod. I am Cameron. Uh, and we are back uh, for the post game reaction to Purdue and Michigan State. Michigan State uh, 54, Purdue 55. Um, and the taste of metal in my mouth right now, Rod, is that was a hard one to watch. Up 15 at the half, uh, playing great defense. Um, and then the second half, just 11 minute field goal drought for Michigan State. And yet they're still there right at the end with a chance to seal it. And Purdue just comes out and steals this one from them. Purdue made plays, Michigan State didn't. I mean, yeah. it's as simple as that. Now, you know, were there some terrible calls? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't um, that doesn't erase the fact that it was Michigan State's mistakes in in a number of ways. I mean, I think you can go down the line. They weren't horrible at the line, but they missed enough to to keep Purdue alive. Yeah. Um, they can't execute an inbound. You know, which honestly, I mean that that's you got to be able to do that. You have to. It's mm-hmm. a, it's simple. And, you know, if it's not there, you got to have the presence of mind. Michigan State had two timeouts left. You got to call timeout. That, that's one of those things, though, I, I will say just on that subject. Um, Tom Izzo drills it into his team that he wants his timeouts at the end of a game. He uh-huh. wants them, him to use to set up plays at either end. Um, and so I think that inhibits them sometimes. You very rarely see Michigan State players call timeouts on in inbound situations. Mm-hmm. You very rarely see them call timeouts in loose ball situations, which other teams will do. And I'm not, I'm not criticizing Nizzo's thinking in an overarching way. I get it. It's just in moments like that, boy, you'd really, you look back at it and in retrospect, you really wish Malik could have called, would have called timeout. Um, because then they could have set something up. Mm-hmm. They just didn't look, you know, it was basically Aaron and Rocket trying to beat a guy. That's all it was. There was no pick set, no nothing, um, to free anybody up. And that's not ideal. But what I guess I'm saying is I don't put all of that on the leak. In fact, I don't put most of it on the leak for not calling it because I think that's what's drilled into them. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't get a clean defensive rebound. Now that one, uh, you know, 
Malik boxed him out. He put a body on him. This kid's fucking seven foot four. Yeah. He went over the top of him enough to keep the ball alive. Now, this is one. I want to see if you can answer this for me, though. Purdue had the arrow. They had the possession arrow. Purdue had the ball first at the half. So that's the arrow. That's mm-hmm. supposed to then turn. How did Michigan State not get – was there another tie-up tie that I'm missing? Because uh, I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember one. There must have been one. I can't. I cannot believe they would make a mistake of that nature. I just can't believe it. But did I miss one? I can't. Because I can't. I can't think, think of where it was. Hand. Yeah. So I don't know why they had the possession arrow. Way it's supposed to work is Michigan State won the tap um, to open the game, and then. I don't remember any tie-ups in the first half either, and Purdue definitely had first possession of the second half. So I, I just – it must have happened, but I couldn't remember it. Because when they had a tie-up, my first reaction was okay, because Fox doesn't show the possession arrow mm-hmm. on their on their scoreboard. And they're like, Purdue's bomb? How? But it must have happened. I don't mean to belabor it. It's just I was yeah. wondering if you caught it, because I, I did not see that. <laughs> Um, where uh, yeah, I'm just tire. rifling through the plays, the play-by-play here, and I haven't seen it. Uh, I I, I got to be missing something because to me that it seems like that should have been Michigan State ball. Um, but regardless, um, we, I mean, I remember out. when it happened. I remember my initial instinct was, well, that's the first tie-up. Right. Right. That's mine too. I, I don't understand how that would have been the case. I mean, I'm, Jesus, I've been watching basketball long enough. I'm pretty sure when you get the ball to start the second half, that counts as your possession, and then the next tie up will go the other direction, and so on. Yeah. Um, but I, I just don't remember one. So, um, so there was that little highlight, and then that last play. I mean, they didn't guard it really well, but I, I'll tell you this. Trevion Williams hit what? About an eight ten footer. I'd probably give him that. I mean he hit the shot, but I, I that that's not a natural shot for him. That's not a shot he takes a lot. Um and he just hit it. And you gotta give that kick credit because especially his performance at the line. I mean, we said coming in that could be a big difference maker, and it was positively for Purdue. Because he was constantly getting fouled and he was making the vast majority of them. Yeah, you know, and when it mattered, he was terrible in the in the first half, but um, he made the majority of them down the stretch, and that was huge for them. Um, boy, it's just Eight for you know, I think I think Michigan State's first half was the best half of basketball both ways they've played all year. The second half might not be the worst because it's got some competition. Yeah, but but it was pretty bad, and and that was the difference. You know, they were just a little worse in the second half than they were good in the first. But it's a, it's a crushing loss. I mean, the only the only silver lining here, and it's minimal, is they got a lot of time to work now. They got six days till the next game because um, I think they need to do it. Clearly, they need to work. Um, I mean, that was the, just what was the deal with the offense in the second half. I mean, I think it was a combination of things. They I think get the they, ball inside. It seemed like, yeah, they they never really got a post presence established, which is a shame because 
and, and that's one of the things I hope they take this break to work on. I really do. Um, Joey Hauser, I have to believe, is playing the way that they're trying to utilize him, which it's kind of a four out, one in most of the time, and he's one of the outs. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, he's got to be on the blocks a lot more. Malik Hall needs to get more post touches. We've talked about it here. You saw on the rare occasions they actually went to him, good things happened. Yeah. yeah. You know, he had one move that was just fantastic in the first half. Um, and, and that's, you know, that should be, that, that that's what they need. Um, they need more consistent post play because you see what happens if you don't have that. Um, Michigan State's second half is a prime example of that. They, um, they went cold. They had a bunch of turnovers, some of which, a lot of those offensive fouls, I'm here to tell you, were bad calls. They were just bad, bad calls. And that shit really grinds my gears when I see that. Mm-hmm. Offensive fouls like that. Um, I just think they were bad calls. Um, but, uh, Gosh, but that, that one against count- Marble was really bad. It was a joke. The other kid fouled him. Yeah. It was a joke, and there were several of those. So, but but regardless, I don't want to turn this into a, an officiating bitch fest um, because <laughs> Michigan State did tons to contribute to this. But but I, I guess my point is, when you don't have look at Purdue. Purdue did not have their three point game going at all tonight. Michigan State largely did a great job shutting that off. Um, but they have a post game to turn to. And, and Michigan State fans know this. We've watched basketball be played here for a long time that's emphasized post play. When you have that, you have something in your back pocket that you can go to when things aren't working mm-hmm. to stabilize it. And and by the way, Michigan State has players who can do that. Now, Purdue fought hard. There was a lot of hand fighting, and they played hard post defense. But I just I remain convinced Michigan State is not emphasizing it enough. Um, and that needs to change. Joey Hauser, Malik Hall, Aaron Henry are all guys who can score on the blocks, and they should be getting those opportunities more than they are. That's that's my belief. And tonight, get the air too. Get the air. Yeah, I'm, to some extent, but I don't put Thomas in the same category as those other three guys because yeah. those other three guys have physical tools. He doesn't, and and they should be able to score with some level of consistency, and we're just not seeing it. We're not even seeing it attempted. It's not like they're going there and all guys aren't converting. They're not even trying. Mm-hmm. It can't It can't keep up because you can't rely on jumpers all the time, you know? And in the Big Ten, you're not going to get enough easy baskets via transition, so you've got to find another way to do it. And, and that's one way that is tried and true over the years at Michigan State. And it's just been absent. I mean, I don't know what the final tally was for points in the paint, but it was a slaughter. And that that doesn't surprise me per se. It put it this way: it doesn't surprise me that Purdue scored a lot of points in the paint because I knew that was going to happen. Michigan State was going to emphasize guarding the arc. They were going to. They actually showed more doubling than I thought they would. It wasn't hard doubling. They would kind of flash a double, and then a guy would come off Williams. But yeah, um, you knew they were going to do that. They were going to largely let Purdue go one-on-one, and I'm not going to debate that. I'm sure there are people screaming about that. They shouldn't be. That was the right way to play the game. If you told me they'd hold Purdue to 55 points in this game, I'd say they got a pretty damn good shot of winning. Yeah, yeah. Even with the second half. I mean, that's a that's a good game plan defensively. It is. Um, 
but it's that Michigan State got nothing in the paint at their end that's disconcerting about that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, the the game plan was right, but you know when you have an eleven minute scoring drought, yeah, and you can't call yeah. somebody out. Yep, and you, that's that. Those are the. Those are the two things. The offense just went dry, didn't have – when jumpers weren't falling, they didn't have a counterpunch mm-hmm. to go to. They didn't have that post game to go to. That's got to change. Um, and, you know, then you are in position to close the game out anyway if you just make plays, if you hit all your free throws, and if you can inbound the ball, and they couldn't do those things and, and get a rebound. You know, they just couldn't do it. So, and Izzo's going to get questioned. I would imagine Izzo will get questioned for his lineup choice at the end of the game. There's, there's an art. So I prepare, I haven't seen any, very little online stuff, you know, et cetera. I would suspect that there are going to be questions asked about why MSU on that free throw had Malik Hall in the game rather than Mark Bingham, Matty Sissoko, a bigger body, when when Purdue brought Edie in the game. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason, I'm, I'm pretty certain of this, is yes, one of those guys might have done a better job securing that rebound because they're bigger, but then they get fouled, and you don't want them shooting a free throw. I think Izzo figured he was going to take his chances with Malik Hall. Because he figures he's as good a rebounder anyway and um, is a better choice, far better choice if he gets fouled. Because keep in mind, remember, there was whatever when he shot that free throw, what was there, like nine point something seconds left? Yeah. I mean, there was plenty of time. If Michigan State got the rebound, got fouled instantly, they still had to convert free throws. Yeah. And if you had Maddie or, or Markey, Markey, you might get, you know, you'd hope for a split. Maddie, I, you know, you don't want that. Um, so I think that's going to be the answer, but I expect that question is going to be asked about personnel. And I mean, look, Hall cleared him out. He just he did, but but that's going to be the reason that people are going to complain about it. Mm-hmm. Is they're going to say it's not about technique at that point. It's about uh, there's a guy seven foot four. You got to put somebody bigger out there. That's the, that's the response because um, it was Malik played it well, and it still didn't matter. Yeah, right. Yeah, I see. But. You can't know that. That was a particular kind of rebound. It kicked long. It, you don't know that it's going to do that. And it was at, it was the type of rebound that allowed him to just reach over. Yeah. And, yeah. and at least get a piece of it. You know, not every missed shot is going to be that. So I, I'm just trying to anticipate what I think the complaint is going to be in regard to that. I, I mean, it, yeah, not having known what that rebound's going to be, you you got to think of if you, as long as you clear Edie out of there, we'll be okay, right? <laughs> you know, right? He and he just, he got a piece of it. Where was he? He was basically he was where he started, there. right? Yeah. He was in the middle of the lane, so it's not like he got to the basket. And look, I mean, people are going to call Painter a genius. I mean, they, he brought him in, he kept the ball alive. Yeah, you can't argue with it, but I also I'm I'm not prepared to uh, believe that Izzo made a mistake. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, the way it, that, that's called, um, you know, you're, you're, you're making a conclusion based on the result 
the actual result of what actually ended up happening rather than what were the percentages, yeah. what was the right thing to do. You know, that's the complaint. Um, so I guess that's worth bringing up. Uh, we did see Bingham, Sissoko, and Marble in this. Uh, yeah, this one. and they all had yeah. moments. Yeah, nine, nine eight moments. minutes, eight minutes for Marble. What what would you see about that? I mean, especially Bingham. Bingham. This was a big game for Bingham. I think. He was. Yeah, I mean, he was he was very active defensively. You know, and and that's. I think there's going to be there's going to be discussion about that as well. People are going to say, well, those guys were effective in that first half, and then the only one who saw time in the second really was Marble, for the most part. Bingham might have seen a minute or two. It wasn't much mm. in the second half. Um, again, I'm. In a night where your offense went dry, I'm not sure that Marcus Bainham or Matty Sissoko playing more is going to be a positive for you. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. But, they, yeah, all those guys did things in the first half that were um, that were helpful, Marky especially with the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about uh, A.J. Hogard tonight? Three points, not three a, rebounds, four assists. Not not a great game. Yeah. Um, I mean, he didn't make what, – what were his turnover numbers? Two. Yeah, so not terrible there, but, you know, where he's been a difference maker so far this year has been kind of creating, being more dynamic, and I didn't think he was able to do a lot of that mm-hmm. in this game. So not, yeah, not a big, not a big positive for AJ. It was okay. Yeah. Cause that was 26 minutes. They just didn't have, production. they didn't have any really good answer. I mean, Foster was pretty much existing out there. Mm-hmm. You know, Rocket at the point didn't do much. I mean, they really didn't have better answers. I just, I just didn't think it was a great game from AJ. Yeah, uh, and really, no one stuck out offensively on this one. Um, I think everyone played fairly, pretty good. Well, not fairly, damn good on defense, but not really anything sticking out. I mean, Langford had ten. Uh, in four rebounds, four for eleven though, one for three from the three. Henry Henry was the leading scorer, right? Yeah, thirteen seven and two, uh, with yeah. two blocks and a steal. Yeah, it was a game where nobody nobody really stepped up, and and they've had that this year. Usually, there's been a guy who's been able to step forward and beat a guy that game. You know, the last mm-hmm. couple games it was Aaron Henry. Joey Hauser's done that on a couple of occasions. You know, they've had Rockets had a game or two like that. They've had guys emerge tonight. It just, you know, you felt like somebody was going to do that in that first half. And the last five minutes of the first half was very good offensive basketball. And then it just never returned. And some of that was just guys missing shots. Maybe you could argue with some shot, some uh, shot selection. And that, I think, contributed to it, but I think some of it was just guys missing shots. And again, not having that counterpunch to go to when that's happening. Yeah, yeah. Because you need that. Um, I, defensively, I, you know, for the most part, I'm not unhappy. And what a, I don't from the perimeter defense, I mean. What did, what did Purdue end up shooting? 34%. And, and from three? Thirteen percent, three for twenty-four. Yeah, you can't listen. You can't argue with those numbers. That people again are going to complain about the post defense, but that was the game plan. And and yet, Trevion Williams made plays down down the stretch. Give him credit. He made free throws. He made some big shots, including the winner. You know, give him credit. But um, I think it was the right game plan. I thought I'll say this. That was the best defensive game I've seen Josh Langford play in forever. Yeah, obviously. I was going to say that. 
he he guarded the hell out of Stefanovic. And like fifteen percent more intense than he usually is, it seemed like. Yeah, he was he was really, really good. He was there on the catch consistently, he was deflecting passes, he was active, he was tough, he was going oh and Purdue makes you go through a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of picks in that motion offense, and he fought through them. He stayed in that kid's hip pocket. Really good game defensively from him. Ironically, the guy who kind of wasn't great, uh, he was okay, but had a, a sequence in the first half. The only bad one Michigan State had was Aaron Henry. Yeah. He had the, uh, Ivy just took him to school a couple of times, um, and I didn't understand why. It was just bad, bad balance. He just took him down the lane and scored. Like I I couldn't even understand how it was happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but other than that, yeah, I I, I don't have complaints mm. about Michigan State defensively. You know, you lose a game like this, and I, I'm quite sure the Wolves are going to be. I should have doubled, should have dug down. They weren't going to do those things, and they weren't going to do those things because this team shoots 38 percent from three. And if you let them get off, and you see what kind of passer Travion Williams is out of the post. So you cannot afford to do that playing them. And it was the right call, in my opinion. And it should have led to a win. They yeah. were plenty good enough defensively to win that game. Yeah, absolutely. Plenty good. Yep. In fact, I remember thinking halfway through that scoring drought, I was going to say something along the lines of, um, this is you know what happens when you play great defense is you get wins in bad games right. like this. You know? Right, and yep. Yep, exactly. And and it almost did. It (laughs) almost did for as bad as they were offensively. And they they should have. They should have won the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they should have. They should have. That that one felt like it was kind of stolen from them at the end. Well, they fumbled it away. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably They just gave it up. Yeah. Uh, So, Rod, the perimeter defense is our first key we had. Really good. Yeah. I don't have complaints. I mean, there was one. There was one play. The one three that Stefanovic hit was not against Langford. It was against Rocket, and Rocket slipped, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what gave the kid the open look. Other than that, I thought Michigan State. And there was another one they hit. Um, Wheeler hit, I think, on Joey, where Joey was just kind of late. But Wheeler's been terrible from three, so you're not even that upset about him getting a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Michigan State's perimeter defense was really good. And for the most part, they also limited penetration. I mentioned there was a, a segment there where Ivy got going against Henry. There was another one against Henry. The Newman kid hit late, but that was just a great take. He hit it with his left hand extended. I mean, that was a tough shot. You can't put that on Aaron. That was well defended. So, um, yeah, no, no problems there. Uh, and then rebounding. Uh, I'm look at me. I mean, relatively the same. Thirty-one for them. I have, I don't have the team rebounds on this app here, but thirty-one for them, thirty for Michigan State total rebounds. Well, let's see, because I have a feeling that might change the equation. Uh, I'll call it up. Um, yeah, it, it was. I, I didn't. I think it was not great. Uh, the numbers may be okay. Um, here we go. So box score. Let's see. Um, yeah, Purdue had 16 offensive rebounds, and Michigan State had seven. That's a problem. Uh, yeah, it's a big gap. 
That's a big, big gap. Um, it was 37 to 31 Purdue in total rebounds, but you know, we, and we mentioned that, that this could be a big problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they just kicked Michigan State's ass. Now five of them were team rebounds, but you know, that they still count. <laughs> yeah. You don't secure your boards. It's a problem. And Trevion Williams had three, Hunter had two, Ivy two, ED two, you know, team five. And that, you know, again, that was the team stuff really hurt Michigan State just and I want to see second well Purdue didn't do a lot with it second chance points were only nine six in favor of Purdue but certainly late in the game you know the biggest moment they got it done Michigan State did mm-hmm. uh and then transition uh nothing yeah no it was a nothing kind of a fast break play. points were seven apiece and that for once that kind of accurately reflected the game I thought um mm-hmm. They didn't uh, – they, they, neither team was really able to run. And Michigan State tried to push tempo at times, but Purdue was very disciplined. They just didn't let it get away from them and, you know, had good results. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then turnovers. Um, I got Purdue with 11, Michigan State with 14. Correct. Yep, and, and Michigan State had a bushel full of them in the second half. That's the thing. It, it wasn't just that they couldn't shoot in the second half. It's that the bulk of those turnovers, I, I want to say it was at least nine or ten of them came in the second half. And a bunch of them on offensive fouls. Probably at least three or four. Um, but it was, yeah, I mean, you put those turnovers together with 22% shooting in the second half after you were 52% in the first, that's, that's going to be a problem. And so that's, when you look at it, you know, Purdue had Jesus. Purdue had 56 attempts from the floor. Michigan State had 41. And free throws, Michigan State did shoot more. Purdue was 14 for 19. MSU was 19 for 25. But that doesn't, that doesn't change the equation, you know? Mm. It's when, when you have a turnover gap and you get your ass kicked on the glass, that's, that's what happens. And you can't, that, that wasn't, the way Michigan State defended wasn't good enough. Holding them to 34% from the floor wasn't good enough to win the game because of how bad the gap was in those two areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then free throws. Um, you know, it was basically pretty average for Michigan State, 76, 19 for 25. They got there quite a bit. Yeah, but, but, but some Purdue, big misses late. Big yeah. misses late, you know, and – and Purdue, on the other hand, you know, 14 for 19, um, which is, uh, you know, pretty good. It's 74%, which is about uh, 5% better than their seasonal average. And, again, to have Trevion Williams go 8 for 12, a guy who shoot 48%, shoot 67, that's a – give him credit. I mean, if you told me before the game, because he doesn't average nearly that many attempts on the season. Yeah, I mean, that's the um, difference I, in the game. Yeah, it really is. It was it was a difference that if you would have told me ahead of time that he was going to shoot 12, I would have said, yeah, Michigan State's in okay shape mm. because I would figure he'd hit five. Yeah. But for him to go eight for 12 and, and, again, to have one of those misses not end up haunting them because they get the ball and then he goes and wins it, that's, yeah, that's tough. Yeah. All right, well, um, 
Any final games? We got a nice big long break here heading into uh, Iowa. Yeah, it's it's look. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's a bad situation. You win this one the way they should have, and you're three and three. And even with the bad second half, you at least feel okay. We fought our way back to 500. Um, we've got some time now to work on us. Time to get ready for Iowa. Now it's it's rough. It's a it's a bad situation. I mean, there's make no mistake. Iowa is a program that's been positively tattooed by Michigan State during Fran McCaffrey's era. Mm. I think they've got maybe two wins. I know they've got one for sure. Denzel Valentine's senior year. I don't know if they've gotten any others. They've they've just regularly gotten the hell beat out of them. And so they and and they're of course in the title race and they're thinking about seeding and all that stuff. So you would expect they're going to be loaded for bear. And they're of course going to see this and Luca Garza's eyes are going to light up with what just happened. I mean Luca yeah. Garza could go for 40. Um and that's not unrealistic. But again, I think the game plan is going to be fairly similar. Um you have to respect their shooters. You have to um, you know, if you're, if you're looking for a silver lining, you can look at generally the way Michigan State defended in this game. And I think that signs of progress are still very much intact, mm-hmm. despite the result. Yeah. Um, that's one thing you can feel okay about, but it's about more than that. You know, you saw in this game tonight, you have to find ways to make plays to win games, to seal them. And they did everything but that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially at home. Yeah, <laughs> at home. And... That much, but it seems like it does. I mean, you, I tell you what, when you're watching that game, it's the sound and the audio, they've done a good job of making it simulating a real situation, I think, if you watch Yeah, and, and the fact of the matter is, for whatever reason, and, and this will be something that's you know debated, but right now, home teams coming into tonight – we're winning Big Ten games at a 1%, almost a 1% clip better than last year and about a 7% clip better than the year before that. So <laughs> you would think, strange. right, you know, you would think, I think the theory has always been crowds get to referees, they can get to the road team, you know, all of that. What we're seeing is the home court advantage is holding, even without the crowd. Um, so you're right. I mean, the way things have gone, that's two home court losses now for Michigan State against Wisconsin, against Purdue. And, you know, I mean, look, right again, right now we're not talking about this as a, a championship season. Um, it's about this team getting better. I, I do think, despite the the understandable and legitimate doom and gloom around this, I do think the one positive you can take away from this is that even in the second half, there is defensive progress mm-hmm. that has been made. And that is important. That matters. What was a problem tonight is the defensive rebounding was not there. I mean, this is not, again, that we, we said it in the preview. This is a Purdue team that, by their standards especially, is very, very average, below average, as an offensive rebounding group. They're nowhere near what they've been in recent seasons. Um, and I'm not sure why that is, as we talked about, because their personnel hasn't changed that much. But um, tonight, they looked like a vintage Purdue team mm-hmm. on the offensive boards. And Michigan State, on the other hand, did not look like a vintage Michigan State team rebounding the ball. Yeah. They just got to get better. 
bottom line. All right. Well, we'll get the uh, preview up for Iowa here in the next few days. Until then, the, or any final uh, thoughts? Rob? No, that's that's plenty. Okay. Until then, the final four is not on the schedule. At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.